1: and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com Acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at Burrow.com Acast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods,
0: Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by regular co-host, live all the way from Paris, France. It's Andy, conduit to and I'm, why am I, what, I'm asking, who are you actually? Sorry, didn't mean to do that.
1: <laughs> oh, You've said it now, Ben, but it is Andy, conduit and a Hello, I Ben, have... and indeed. Oh, sorry, I should say bonjour, Ben, and indeed.
0: Bonjour, yeah. everybody. Are you for Here the I am. of
1: it? Here I am in Paris, France. Um, I've had a lovely wow. time. I'm away with work, but um, you couldn't, especially
0: for an event episode like this, couldn't miss it. I suppose it's got like a bit of a holiday feel, even though you're away with work. You know, you're in a different place and we're doing a slightly different episode this week. Yeah, I'm in a nice, it's exciting. nice Sorry Airbnb. For... Sorry for ruining your intro. I, did, I was going to leave like a little bit of of, of of um an opening for you to jump in. Uh, and maybe people would have thought, God, who's, who's with us live from Paris, France? And then when it was you, it would have been a lovely, lovely surprise. No, that's okay. It's okay. We're all good. But as you say, what?
1: special episode. You know why? It's only Fright Fest. Comes around quicker every year, doesn't it?
0: Or well, how we like to say it quite often, Lee. Flight Flest. Or is it Flight Fright Flest? flest? Yeah. Just, just stumble over those words as it best you tongue, can it is a tongue twister we missed you last week of course andy but welcome back but um, you and
1: vanna did a great episode i really enjoyed hearing your takes on uh i spit on your grave um i did watch them both i can give you my thoughts in a little oh, you bit did? what okay. we watched
0: yeah 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 oh we'll, w- we'll wait for that then um good so you could kind of like participate Mentally, at least, not that yeah. I just pretended I was mentally. being really quiet in the
1: episode. I was like, yeah, yeah, good, good point, Ben. Good point, Ben. Oh, good yeah, point, good. good
0: point. I'm afraid, yeah. I mean, sometimes when we do when we do an episode, there's a little bit more, but it's, the subject matter is a bit more serious. No name game, and I do apologize for that. It just feels like well, sometimes when you are talking about these heavy hitting subjects, and then then you go, guess what rhymes with grave?
1: <laughs> well, feels-
0: I, I tell you what, Ben. If if you want, if it'll make you feel any
1: better, or if it make the audience feel better, what should we do? I'll quickly come up with one off the top of the dome right now. Um, Right now? A young woman on holiday in rural Connecticut um, in anticipation of danger salts um, a number of headstones in the cemetery to make sure people don't have any slip hazards. I grit on your grave. I grit on your grave, correct. Very good. I've done it. No film
0: has passed. Don't slip on the bloody gravestone. Whatever you do, that's ever so dangerous. In many ways, um, a
1: much nicer film. It's about safe practice.
0: Oh, yeah. A much nicer film. Um, what was your opinion? Oh, wait, we'll get into that when when we go to what we've been watching, of course. So, obviously, this week we're talking about Fright Fest Glasgow 2023. A special episode. If you're a regular listener to the podcast and you've been keeping an eye on the old, uh, on the old feed, you may have noticed that an interview went live with Amber Doig Thorne this week me talking to her about Winnie the Pooh blood and honey which is like i guess the main film of the festival and it is the one that's kind of been advertised as the the, it was the headliner right the headliner yeah i think it was the the headliner on on saturday night um now we haven't so again we're covering it remotely but we haven't had a chance to see as many films as perhaps we did at last year's event and at last year's main event, the fr- the Fright Fest um, thing. So we're only going to be covering a handful of them. However, we are also going to talk about the ones we didn't see in hopes of, you know, if you're a listener and you think, oh, that sounds pretty good, I'll keep my eye out for that one and when it's released on, you know, the streaming platform. join or- us and keep us. our eyes out for it. Exactly, yeah. So, But we, we will be discussing Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and we will be discussing a handful of other films. So it's a slightly different... Um, type of episode um, and structurally we'll kind of still be doing the same sort of things maybe Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey we will cover the plot in depth more than the other films we're going to be talking about because otherwise that would make for a very very long episode if we did that yeah
1: but no massive spoilers for the majority of films certainly what we'll do is we'll hmm. perhaps go into we'll give overview synopsis and then we'll go into it maybe a little more if you wanted to go in blind then by all means skip ahead to the next time code but um, we won't do a full plot breakdown. We might just talk about some of our favourite moments.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, And we will be covering Fright Fest later this year in August as well. Um, We're hoping to attend the event in person. Still sort of like confirming that, but you can definitely guarantee Fright Fest, we're, we're in it for the long haul, Andy Conduit turn aren't we?
1: Yeah, it's the Dark Half Centre after all. We'll be there.
0: We'll be there. We will be there with bells on. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, I was also going to mention some of our upcoming bonus content that we're going to be putting on Patreon. Um, We put a post out on our social media just today discussing what the next few pieces of bonus content would be. So obviously on top of that interview with Amber that's gone live across all platforms, we will be doing some Patreon exclusive stuff that's going to go live on Patreon before it goes live everywhere else. Um, So we're going to do The Last of Us TV review episode. Yeah. Um, I guess in some ways fairly similar to a standard episode we do, but we'll be sort of covering the the show as a whole and um, every every episode and sort of what our favorite episode was. Um, franchise ranking. Now we haven't done one of those since Resident Evil. Was it Resident Evil? We've done Resident I Evil. We've so. done Halloween. So I think the next one. Uh, so the next one we decided to do is Scream. So slightly less installments than something like Halloween. But with Scream Six coming out, which we're going to be discussing on next week's episode, we thought it would be the perfect opportunity to rank all of the films. And I, I mean, I've kind of already been putting together my little ranking, and some films which I'm like, oh yeah, I love that. On my rewatch, I was like, not so much, and yeah. I could be surprised about what makes it near the top. I'm having a little rewatch of
1: all of them in preparation for for this. So before we get in and do the ranking, I will have watched them all. While I've been in sort of the same state of mind, same part of my life,
0: the exact same state of mind. Is it a, is it a better or worse state of mind than when you were watching all of the Howling films?
1: I don't know. Mm. I mean, it's happened after I've watched all the Howling films, so I'm probably starting in a worse place
0: than I, I was. What about how does it compare to your your state of state of mind after watching all the Hellraiser movies? Arguably better. <laughs> okay but that's it. yeah you've been for you've been for a lot in the name in the name of being a horror completionist i am been marathoning a lot recently but
1: i think the you know the marks of quality and timeless moments probably are higher with with hellraiser it's as iconic as it is for a reason personally yeah. i think i love the ridiculous heights of the howling series more
0: more so the ridiculous, dizzying heights of the Howling. the Howling Three. Yeah. Um, and also another piece of bonus content. We're going to be starting a new series now. If you listen to this show, we, me and me and Andy, we mention Resident Evil a lot. Games, films, mainly games. So we're going to do a new series of game retrospectives where we cover a a series of games. And we're going to start with Resident Evil. We're going to start with the original game. And we're going to kind of do a game per episode. Uh, Like major numbered installments, I think. Who knows where it will go? It may go further than that. Um, But yeah, so if you're a fan of the franchise and you want us to talk about anything in particular, we're kind of working out the details of that and the kind of things we're going to cover. Um, But yeah, drop us a line if you want us to cover anything in particular. I'm looking forward to it because it's my favorite game of franchise and I, I feel like i've always been a huge fan of resident evil but r- it's good for me because right now i'm right in amongst it again i've just played village um again i'm playing resident evil 2 again the remake and resident evil 4 is coming out in in less than two weeks so for me what a time what a time to be alive what a time to what be a time, but i'm
1: looking forward to going into those i've already we're talking off <laughs> mic i want to do some dramatic readings of some key scenes.
0: Want to do some? I can't wait for that. I feel talk like talk about your
1: favourite favourite bosses. If you me and Ben have completed them all, everybody listening. So, if you want to come on with like a little clip, like with games master or games master, depending on which region of the country you're from, you can come on <laughs> and we can tell you like, how do I beat the snake in Resident Evil One," and we'll say, "Well, <laughs> this is how you do it." And like, yeah, if you want so to do it like that. So beat
0: your Oh, you Ben knows his bloody name. He knows. <laughs> I know. I know his bloody name exactly. Yeah. But what what I've noticed from Resident Evil games is I feel like every time I replay, I've I've never played them so much that I know everything that's coming next. And like, oh, I've now got to do this and this and this and this. I feel like every experience of playing these games is always like you're kind of still finding out new stuff as you're sort of going through it, um, which I really appreciate. Like coming back to Resident Evil 2 remake, I'm like, my God, I I hardly remember any of this. And it's only been like a couple of years, I think. Just great games for replaying is what I'm saying. Um, The replay value is off the charts. Um, And then a lovely segue now, Andy Conduit Turner, straight into horror news with the Resident Evil 4 demo was released just this week. The Chainsaw demo um, where you get a chance to play, I'm assuming like, oh yeah, a very early section of the Resident Evil 4 remake. Have you had a chance to play it? I've no, been a bloody way, haven't I? Made a He's made a, a, a bloody trip way. Or two,
1: but oh. didn't bring my Xbox with us, so that's for me to do yeah. when I get home. I get home tomorrow. Round upon. Um, so I will be I'll be straight on it because it looks rather marvelous, doesn't it?
0: It does look rather marvelous. So I've played it through twice. I was gonna do it again, but I was like, ah, oh, I kind of don't want to ruin I don't want to like overdo it. Because I'm gonna play the section again in the main game. I don't want to get to that and go, <laughs> Done this. Sick of this. Sick of this. Been there, done it. First thing I'll say, looks great. Sounds great. The sound design's awesome. Like, re- incredibly atmospheric. And everything's a lot darker, because I always feel like with Resident Evil 4, it's one of those games that is is amazing, is an absolutely superb instalment of of the franchise, and it's, a lot of people consider it the best of the franchise. It is very light. It's very light and bright. It's not as bright as Resident Evil 5 in... in the blazing, scorching sons of Africa. However, it's it's got like a hue to it, doesn't it? Resident Evil Four. Yeah. Because now, now it feels like this one they've a sepia right. tone. It's got a lovely sepia tone. This one they've gone right. It's, it's pretty much dark everywhere, and even even in this this village section, which is where the main sort of demo takes place, it's kind of like I want to say dusk. So it's like still, the the lights kind of there.
1: It's um, Not too spooky if you're in the village. And you, it'd be time for you to go in for your tea
0: it would when the bell when the bell chimes now I don't want to there's nothing to spoil because you know it's is, is essentially very very similar to the the section of the original Resident Evil 4 game um, where you're just attacked in the middle of the village and you kind of have to survive until the bell chimes um, but yeah there's a chainsaw man with a bag on his head suitably terrifying uh, you're like surrounded by the villagers it's tough I did die. Um, I kinda went into a room and did, and there wasn't a way out, so I kinda got penned in and chainsawed through the gullet. Um <laughs> But it's what it right I will the say, Gulliver? Right in the Gulliver. It's got me very excited for the main release of the game. I think I'm gonna have to get it on release day because otherwise I'm gonna get serious FOMO. Um But yeah, Resident Evil fans are eating good. And these and these remakes seem to be You know, down to enemies being in like the same place as they were in the original and everything like that. And you can you can German suplex uh a little old lady. Good. (laughs) Don't get
1: copying that in real life, everybody. That would be entirely responsible. But in the safe space that is Resident (laughs) Evil Four, you suplex people of any ages
0: that you like. It's good though because you know you feel like it's deserved because they because these old ladies come at you with a pitchfork, and yeah. they do. You, you to can be fair, I'd say to... even
1: in real life, if an old lady comes at you with a pitchfork, you probably can suplex them.
0: Yeah, but then not got, like... just
1: if they if they're coming at you saying something like, "Oh, would you mind helping me with this pitchfork?" If they're coming at you with murder in their eyes,
0: yeah, Wah! suplex well, away. Of... All the sound effects are the same. Like these villagers are saying the same things as they were back in the day, which is kind of good, but also like PTSD a little bit when they go, la or whatever they say. Sorry. <laughs> Don't speak Spanish. Um, When they say that. And yeah, suplexing uh, a granny is, is always a is always a pleasure in the safe space of a game. Um, You can parry things with your knife as well, which is good. I think that's going to lead up to a certain knife fight boss as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, good good Looking times. Twenty fourth of in. March. Twenty-fourth of March, I think, is released. Um also, as I mentioned previously about us doing the Last of Us um episode, it was the finale of The Last of Us. Uh well, I saw it last night. And no spoilers, of course, but what a time. In terms of in terms of a um an adaptation. Of of a of a, a well loved original property, I think this is how you do it. It's like some scenes are one for one, and some lines of dialogue are like exactly the same as the game. However, it feels like its own thing, and it knows what makes it m- makes it work. I think I was saying this is a perfect example of the game is obviously written so well that they've gone. Let's just do that scene beat for beat because yeah. why would you not want Made.
1: to? Made with great cinematics in mind, I guess. Um yeah, I've got two more to course. go. Mm. But I'm very much looking forward to finishing it. I've been enjoying this series immensely from start to finish, even as somebody who hasn't played through the game. So all the things that people have watching mm. that are very much oh really, really well lifted from the game, this to me, oblivious. In fact when I go through it, I'd be able to say, Oh, it's just like that T V programme, infuriating gamers everywhere. But um I shall. <laughs> uh I shall look forward to playing through it. Um, get a little bit more free time on my hands and I'd be mm. looking forward to catching up.
0: Well, of course there's the PS5 version now, which is gonna be like the definitive version to play. Um I know that season two was already confirmed, which is good. But I think there's been some chat this week saying, look, it's gonna be following the game. It's going to be following the storyline of the second game. However, it's not going to be like season two is the second game. They might take their time with it a bit more and maybe, you know, they can go in a few different directions. I'm sure they'll remain pretty close to the games, but because there's not a third game and it's like a Game of friends scenario where they're quickly trying to get a game out before the series continues. I don't think they'll do that. But I think they've
1: said, actually, I, I heard an interview saying, one, they're not going to... I don't think they're going to allow them to overtake the games. And I also think that they've said, we might even do one.
0: We might leave it at 10 years. We might not even do one, you know? We might not even bother. We might do a bit of a game, and then we'll go, you know what? We actually can't bother. We'll start so, a game, and so it's there. just a,
1: it's just like a card game spin-off.
0: It's just a card game, and then we'll make a third series based on that card game spin-off, um, which would be exciting to watch. I'd watch that definitely. Um,
1: uh, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to more of it. I'm looking forward to watching the end. Looking forward to talking about it. I saw the news that was uh, like, "Hey, guess what, everybody?" Because because what the public responds to is how a thing that you like is better than another thing that someone else likes. Can confirm that <laughs> the finale surpassed the viewing figures of. Of House of the Dragon, so oh, you know okay. if
0: interesting.
1: If you need to know that one thing is better than another thing,
0: then uh, then that's yeah, then that's a bit of news for you. Wonderful, yeah. I thought you were going to segue. I think it also did. It also get more viewers than the Oscars. Did I hear that as well, or did I imagine that? God no, certainly didn't watch the Oscars. Well, one another good segue there, Mr. Andy Conduit Turner. So the Oscars, not my favorite thing in the world. Based on the fact that yes, of course, they often overlook horror as a genre. Sometimes they have a little dabble in horror. Um <laughs> sometimes but, they do, but more often than not. That's what some incredibly rich people get given golden statues and golden present statues. bags worth more than their houses. Oh yeah, the present bags. Don't even think of that. Um and of course, some great stories of the Oscars this year's um comebacks from certain actors and actors that perhaps have been out of the public eye for a while or get finally getting the recognition they deserve. Obviously, one very exciting piece of news is that Jamie Lee Curtis, a horror alumni, has, has got her hands on an Oscar. She won Best Supporting Actress for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Now, I wouldn't say by any stretch it's her best role um, with the old hot dog fingers, <laughs> which will only makes sense if you've seen that film. And I think of all the Best Supporting Actress nominations, perhaps Angela Bassett was like the most... Um, accomplished in terms of her of her role? Like, in terms of, like, the dramatic chops that she had to bring to the stage of her role in, in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. In Luke Konda Forever. In Luke um, Forever. I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis was doing anything that was particularly... I mean, she's amazing, Jamie Lee Curtis. We love Jamie Lee Curtis. But in this particular role, was she doing something where you're like, that's Oscar-worthy?
1: My only argument against that and Angela Bassett's consideration for that is... Is Angela Bassett a supporting actor in Wakanda Forever? I'd say she's the main character for at least half of the film.
0: Yeah. Okay, that could be that could be a good point. Definitely. Yeah. Also, that's a really this, hard this... one to position. I don't know if this is true or not. Is it the first time anyone in a Marvel movie's been nominated in the act, like for an acting award? <laughs> it's, got, it's got to be in it. Couldn't tell you. I certainly can't think of any other examples. No, I don't think there have been. Um, so yeah, that's obviously interesting. But I think in terms of the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis, horror alumni, has been nominated and, and now received an award, that's great. Especially the same when that film was released the same year as Halloween ends, which, you know, wasn't great. But, you know, when you look back at, thing, at her iconic roles in things like Halloween, in The Fog, in Prom Night, she's an Oscar winner now, which is which is yeah. awesome. I think that's good. Um, that's it. That's all I've got for news. Andy, have you got anything? No, anything I mean obviously from, we'll touch on that. I do know Paris, that. Um,
1: I do know that Brendan Fraser also won an Oscar. I mean, would you say yeah. it's an action comedy? But The Mummy is a spooky man, and that's obviously what we all know and love Brendan Fraser from.
0: Oh yeah, it's definitely spooky. Spooky man. I mean, The Mummy's pretty terrifying in places. Those bugs that go in your skin and eat you from the inside yeah. out. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Uh, that time that take...
1: that guy's on the wrong side of the river. <laughs> It's Stupid Fucking
0: Benny. I got yeah, the bit,
1: bit he goes and slurps all their eyes out as well. The mummy oh, does. Yeah. He's ever so
0: nasty. Eats all their eyeballs. Ever so nasty. And big old uh, sand sand face swallows, Can a, see? swallows a blimp. Now imagine that. Sounds like, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a fever dream. But okay, yeah. Sounds like a fever dream.
1: Yeah, apart from that, though, just onto what we've been watching, I guess.
0: Yeah, onto what we've been watching. Anything in particular you wanted to cover? I know we covered a few things last week, and maybe it's it's gonna coincide with what you've watched as well.
1: Yeah, let me rattle through a few. I know that you mentioned a few last week, but especially yeah. as we've been off for a week, I've got uh some extras, not just Fright Fest material. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. much like I tell you what, should we begin with the first one? Like all of you, I watched both versions. 1978 and 2010 of I Spit on Your Grave. Um, My feelings are very similar um, to yours and Vanna's, uh, Ben. It's, It's incredibly hard to separate. Like Last House on the left, it was deeply unpleasant to watch. I can't say for the majority of the film, it was an enjoyable and entertaining experience because what you're watching happen is fairly mercilessly horrible things happen to this poor woman who
0: hmm. yeah
1: you know doesn't deserve it and then you're seeing the revenge come through afterwards um my major point of it that i think i'd raise that maybe you guys didn't say is i think i leaned more heavily on the 1978 version because it felt um like it didn't pull its punches as much but for what it already is for both cases it's covering really, really unpleasant mm. subject material, but the griminess of the nineteen seventy eight one versus the perfect lighting of two thousand and ten, <laughs> followed up by the fact that despite the fact it's incredibly suggestively violent, yeah, I felt like the two thousand ten version kind of shied away from it a little bit, like I could see production in it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like and I yeah I didn't necessarily want the gratuity of it. But at the same time, I think that was the core message of a thing. So I think it made it feel like a weaker remake in 2010. Mm -hmm. Um but it's it's really hard to rate on an enjoyment point of view, I think, from an importance of the movie and what it meant culturally at the time which Vanya spoke at in in great detail was made it an important and interesting
0: film certainly yeah yeah definitely um and i think one of the points i made that's kind of stuck with me mm. is that the like bittersweet nature of, of revenge in any film really i mean especially when that the act committed against a person is so terrible that by the time the revenge is kind of the, the vengeance is 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 hers you do kind of feel like oh just feel a bit exhausted grimy yeah um, not happy for anyone really, you know, I mean like when the revenge in like Kill Bill for example, that's a sort of different thing um, where you're like sort of punching in the air like yes finally, she spoilers for 2002's Kill Bill 2002, 2003's Kill Bill Yeah, when uh, she kills William give, When she kills William with the five point exploding hand palm technique whatever, <laughs> whatever that is um, you kind of punched the air. Was this when the rever- revenge is is committed? You're a bit like, yeah, they got what they deserved. Now what? Yeah,
1: I think with that one, the the original suffers from wanting to wrap up quickly. You kind of get rid of the two most notable antagonists. The one that you could yeah. argue was at least partially coerced, and then the the leader. I think um his comeuppance is really quite good so kind of left weeping on his own in a bathroom with a door locked and powerless i think that was quite good yeah uh but then the other two it does just feel like okay we just need to finish it now
0: right now um, we'll speedboat him to death
1: yeah i mean do speedboats but it did serve him right for kind of of all the places to try and climb onto the try and do it against the engine i guess <laughs> yeah i mean um, come on now <laughs> against <idiot>. the engine <laughs> Um, but I mean, don't do that, even if you're not with someone who's going to pull the engine on and get you. The second yeah. one, I take your point on board that she becomes jigsaw because of that earlier scene where she looks in the shed and there's basically Home Alone's worth of oh, yeah, of of traps and everything. And she becomes the jigsaw killer and like traps them all. And,
0: well, uh, and you and liked filming them. it, did you? Well, you're gonna get your eyes pecked out. Hey? Yeah, yeah oh, so like
1: you like doing something else while well, have a bath full of, have a bath full of lye, get alkaline have to have
0: death. Have a bath full of lye, get alkaline to death, but also kind of do it to yourself. Interesting. Yeah, anyway, any kind of it kills them in the right order. I feel like the the um the r- remake, but the original kind of feels like it kills the people who deserve it the most. I mean, they all deserve it equally, you could say, but it kills the people who deserve it the most first, and then like wraps up with the others like their side quests. It's it, it's like and to to quote to reference Kill Bill again, it's like Kill Bill starting with him, the first person you kill is Bill, and then you go around and kill everybody else afterwards. Go and get his mates. Go and get Heard his about mates. Bill. You, you need the final him, boss, so. don't you? This film's called Kill Bill Part Two, but you kill Kill Bill Volume One. Yeah, I know, but you know, I, I had to get out of the way first. Kill Bill in brackets and his mates. Um, <laughs> I did another,
1: I did another double bill actually. I did 1977's, uh, Rabid. uh, It's David Cronenberg, isn't it? Of course it is. Yes, David Cronenberg's rabid. Where by, well, I'll tell you exactly what happens. Um, Pray it doesn't happen to you. After undergoing radical surgery for injuries from a motorcycle accident, a young woman develops a strange public phallic growth on her body and a thirst for human blood, the only nourishment that will now sustain her. And when when people wow, get okay. got by the phallic growth that's under her armpit, turns them into rabid zombie men.
0: Oh god! Phallic growth under the armpit turned me into a zombie man.
1: Yeah, it's um, and and then there's a um, there's a 2019 remake by horror tour de forces of late, the uh the Soska sisters. Um. Okay. Yeah. Uh, behind American Mary as well those guys yeah Um, similar actually to what we just discussed with I Spit on Your Grave there's an interest to the remake and they try and do a lot of things to make it a bit less bizarre you know to try and explain some of the monstrosity a bit behind it and like where it's happening and why there's just this growth in that there's a yeah uh you know someone who works in the fashion industry that gets into an accident and then she has this reconstructive surgery maybe a little bit maybe a little bit over the top and it was some things that didn't need explaining um and and again for i think modern remakes of films which are notable from the 70s in particular have a like a real grainy grimy film to them mm-hmm. especially when you watch them back to back it's quite difficult to go oh this looks very clean now and lit like an episode of Stargate SG one. So I need to. I, I, I don't understand how to quite take this. It's missing a <laughs> griminess. Um, yeah. But both of them are both of them are still reasonably effective. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed both. Uh, I watched not horror, the unbearable weight of massive talent, but you know, oh, Nicholas yeah, Cage okay. and Pedro Pascal, two men of the hour. Um, very fun. Um, I, I then that. watched an Australian horror film that I liked very
0: much. Um, the Loved Ones. Have you seen this? Ah, oh, The Loved Ones. I think, is this with someone with a drill and a and a crown on? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've not seen it, but I've seen it all over horror, uh, horror Twitter as one to watch, and I've gone, I should probably watch that.
1: Yeah. The synopsis, don't break a heart, or, slight spoilers, don't, reject her in quite a nice way but you know just not be available oh, um, one of those is it. Lola Stone asked Brent Mitchell to the prom but when Brent said no now he's screwed what happens when Lola doesn't get what I she wants Brent. she enlists daddy's help to throw a prom of her own where she's the queen and Brent is the king whether he likes it or not the loved ones is what happens when puppy love oh, goes wow. horribly violently wrong Brent should have said yes like you shouldn't have You should have stuck to you you should have Still Sturps politely said, no, you shouldn't kidnap people and horribly torture
0: them. A female incel.
1: Um, it's it's really good. It's a it's a good gross oh, Australian really good. horror movie. It's I I enjoyed it a lot.
0: Okay, that's I mean it was on the list and now you've recommended it as well. It's let's nudge it towards the top of the list. Let's do it.
1: Thank you very much. Another couple for you. I watched a film. By uh a film called Leopard Heels, uh, directed by Chris Turner. Now, normally when someone has a similar name, you'd say no relation, but in this case, actually a relation, it's my uncle. Um, it's a (laughs) it's a short, it's a short film that uh he put out. It's available on YouTube now. We'll put the link in the show notes notes. Um yeah, it's it's a fun short horror movie about a woman who begins by going to a job interview and then Sinister under, under undertakings are found in the in the office with some sort of surreal horror mo- elements. There,
0: awesome. Uh, we'll definitely put that in the show notes, Andy, and uh, we'll have to get your uncle involved in the show. Oh, so tell us about the making of it. Come,
1: come along and talk about making it. Yeah, I I enjoyed this not just because I know the person that made it. I think it's very good. Um, and I'm checking it out. Finally. I got round to watching the Buddy Outwaters, which you saw the other week as well, right?
0: Yes, I saw it last week. I think I did mention it on the show.
1: Yeah, I think I heard you mention it, Devanna. And yeah, I think my feelings are in tune with yours. Um, I liked it. There were things to like about it. There were some shocking things about it, but I'm not sure I really gripped onto it as much as I've seen some of the hype yeah. indicate. So I think this is one Again, we've seen it a couple of times this year now where the hype of something that has been unavailable to us for a little while, um, saw the same with Skin and Rink. You hear a lot about it and then when you get to watch it, I'm like, my reaction is not as extreme as I was as this has led me to believe it would be.
0: Yeah. And I mean in terms of like analog horror, I guess you would say that the Outwaters has got that sort of analogue horror feel to it. I think the thing I mentioned was the sound design's pretty effective. I was a bit yeah. like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is... So Imagine watching it in a cinema with loads of screaming worms or whatever they are. No, sorry, I'm going to spoil it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those where plot is kind of... is incredibly loose, so it's probably quite difficult to...
1: Yeah, I think I messaged you when I first started watching that. I think the first scare that came down to it, bearing in mind a uh, standard, uh, like a found footage movie, usually pretty tight, right? Because it's all fairly limited on exposition. It's mostly going to be delivered like pretty much in camera the whole time. My first scare watching it was like, fucking hell, hour 50? Hour buddy 50, Ben. (laughs) Half a a Snyder cut in there.
0: Hour Um, 50, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I... um, Yeah, I I was a little bit shocked by that to begin (laughs) with. And then I think when you've noticed that, you think every time there's a little bit of incidental footage that goes on a little longer you think okay don't don't worry that's time isn't precious no um (laughs) I, i like it there are effective things and the vistas that they get in there and the location work is great i just again i think it's been a victim for me of its of its hype there i think if i'd watched it without the twitter reactions early then i would have just thought it was a good Interesting, different found footage movie, which it still was. But I um, but I didn't have such a visceral reaction to some of the write-ups I'd seen from it, and mm. I felt like maybe I'd missed something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's that's it for me. Apart from Fright Fest stuff, how about you?
0: Flight Flesht. Flight Flesht. Uh, I've
1: said it right every time this so far
0: today. You have. Sorry, I'm I'm ruining it for you, aren't I? I apologize. <laughs> um. So apart from Flight Fest stuff, I've. So, I finished 101 Scariest Movie Moments on Shadow, which was good, which was fun. Loads of my favorites covered, but also some where I'm like, oh, I want to rewatch that, or I've never seen that film. That's good. Um, I'd highly recommend that for horror fans. I think uh, on the back of In Search of Darkness, I wanted more horror documentary stuff, and I've gone on to watch, started to watch cursed films on Shadow as well. They're oh, we saw series.
1: that that's on there.
0: Oh, I might have to get on and yeah. watch that. And I mean, it's mostly horror, but they, they kind of cover. I think they covered the crow as well. Is the crow horror? Kind of. He's spooky, isn't he?
1: He's a he's a bit spooky. Yeah, he's a bit. He's a a ghostman, really. He's a a zombie. Is the
0: crow a ghost or a zombie? So, um, so obviously we're watching that. Um, finish The Last of Us, as I mentioned. I've already mentioned my gaming habits for the last week or so. I've had a couple of cinema trips. Uh, one genre focus, not horror as such, and one um sports focus so when i watch creed free michael b jordan's directing this one now i don't know if anything gets me as pumped up as a creed slash rocky movie very formulaic um you kind of know what's going to happen and which and how it's going to go but oh my god i live for it i live for it i love the i love the fights where not, this isn't a spoiler for creed free or, or any other of boxing movies but you know in terms of the formula I love the fights where they're kind of like oh they've lost oh they're done they're never that's it now they're finished they're never ever gonna come back followed by like uh, important like dramatic events and training montages um and there's entrances before the final big fight and just the way the 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 box that the bo- actual boxing matches are filmed in this film are amazing so directed by Michael B Jordan there's one fight in particular which has got such a unique visual visual style that like portrays the history between the two main characters it's, it's it's great i mean as an example for example there's a part where like one of the rounds is just obviously with a crowd surrounding them the next round it kind of visualizes their focus and the crowd disappears and they're just in a ring empty and all you, and there's no all the sound design is just like grunting and boxing gloves slapping against flesh <laughs> i'm now thinking that, of that David Bowie <laughs> video with the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and their shoes. Hey! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like I'm that. Now, that's what but, I'm now thinking. Ah, oh, I, I can't reckon... I think all three of the Creed moves are amazing. And Jonathan Majors, who obviously we've seen in Ant-Man Quantumanium and Lovecraft Country, and he was in The Heart of They Fall, he has got such a presence where even as... Playing someone in this who's like a villain... Maybe someone who's got like a bit of a complicated past and is maybe a bit misunderstood, but I've I've started to notice something now, which is like the Jonathan Majors look, which like commands a scene and like commands your attention as well. He kind of like purses his lips a bit, and he kind of like he kind of looks over his shoulder, so it's kind of like he's not giving you his full attention. He's kind of like he's pissed with you, and he's not even gonna face you. He's kind of just gonna look at you from the side on. There's something about it, and I've noticed it in a few films now, um, and I think that's when when an actor can do that. I think it shows how talented they are. So my dog does that face that.
1: if you put food in his bowl, <laughs> and he thinks you're going to take it away from him again. Like you walk into the kitchen, he's eating. He's like,
0: <laughs> I think, is it Rocky? Not Rocky. Ricky. Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like talking, Rocky. We're talking about Cree. Ricky. Um, I'm sure he can command the room in similar ways to Jonathan Majors um, probably does yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I recommend that that was a great cinema great cinema trip and also I watched sixty five um Adam drivers' like sci-fi adventure movie I guess um I mean I guess it's kind of there in the trailer in terms of spoiling things he's sixty five million years ago on earth. Due to some kind of, I won't spoil what happens, but he some kind of science, lands, he crash lands, um, sixty five million years ago. So it's dinosaurs, and he's protecting uh, a little girl. So it's kind of like the last of us slash the Mandalorian setup, which obviously works really well at the moment. Man with, man with like emotional instability, who's gone through some sort of major man loss, with a complicated, traumatized, traumatized man saves yeah. little kid saves little kid, and that kid helps him rediscover that humanity. I'm choking up. Rediscover that humanity as well. A lot of reviews for this have been extremely negative, saying it's boring and things like that. I thought it was perfectly fine. I wasn't blown away by it, but I enjoyed it. It was 90 minutes, so for what it was, I I enjoyed it. it it's no... In terms of dinosaur stuff, it, It's it's no Jurassic Park, and it's no... You know, I was kind of hoping for... Maybe they're going to go more of a horror route. Horror, a, a horror of dinosaurs would have been good. Not really. It is just a straight up kind of like adventure film. I just keep thinking Adam Driver's character Mills. Bloody how he gets himself into some into into a kerfuffle. Ever so often, he goes from like fall out of a tree to like falling in quicksand to like nearly having his head. Not quicksand! Off. Yeah. He just can't catch a break. Is 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 what it seems like. You could frame it in a completely different way world's clumsiest man meets yeah. meets girl and she protects him okay you could see it, you could see it as that um yeah i thought it was fine it was it was it was watchable and it seems like it's including some slightly different prehistoric creatures rather than just you know as oh, a t-rex and then there's some raptors and then maybe they get caught in a stampede it's it's kind of like going okay let's try and include some slightly different interesting dinosaurs I don't know if they kind of marry up with the Cretaceous? I think it's the Cretaceous period and yeah and there's a bit of you have to suspend your disbelief in, in a few ways where it's just like absolutely not but you know
1: uh, I'm, um, I'm here for it I'm going to go and see it if I can next week as well obviously we've uh, got Six Cream to go and see but
0: Six Cream I also saw that I've seen, I've seen Scream 6 in cinemas as well my third cinema trip in probably about four or five days. So I was pretty much living there, it would seem. But um, yeah, we'll talk about that next week, of course. But that is it yeah. for, for what I've been watching. I guess we just move on to the main event, Andy.
1: Lots of lovely Fright Fest content. Where do you want to begin, Ben? Do you want to begin with the ones that we haven't
0: seen or do we round robin it? One we have, one we haven't. How do you want to play this? I reckon let's just go through the event. Like from thursday to friday to saturday and then when we get to a film that we've seen we'll discuss it and when we haven't seen it we'll talk about it a little bit um but mostly um we'll just get we'll just go in order i guess so obviously yes. we've covered fright fest on the on the pod before um where we've seen like all the films, we've kind of done like a bit of an award ceremony at the end. Don't think we're gonna do that this time, strictly because we've not seen all of the films. Don't think it would be fair unless we'd seen a decent cross section. Um, but we have seen plenty, and we will be covering obviously Winnie Pooh Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is the main event as well. I guess we'll do that last and Andy. If we go Yeah, we'll Let's... save we'll save Winnie for last, shall we? Save old Winnie for last. So, of course, uh Fright Fest is the horror fantasy event. It returned to Glasgow Film Festival for its 18th year running from last week so it's Thursday the 9th of march to saturday the 11th of march um and yeah it had loads of world premieres international premieres uk premieres um festival co-director says fest- fright fest is one of the most potent forces on the horror science fiction and extreme thriller landscape a reputation that's firmly placed it in the top 10 essential fantasy festivals list who made that list um, somebody with credentials, I would say. And we aim to stay ahead of the Chiller Curve, returning to the incomparable Glasgow Film Festival with a shiver and a shudder showcase of epic proportions. Easy for you to say. Uh, so, yeah, um, unfortunately, we didn't attend in person this year. Uh, we, we we are covering it remotely. As I've sort of mentioned, we will be we will be attending these events in person in the future. Um so, yeah, if you attended the event and you want to give us a little bit of feedback, obviously the last Fright Fest episode, we did have Lucy on the episode as well, who attended in person. Um, So, yeah, we're going to be doing a bit of a cross-section of everything we managed to see, starting with... Now, the two films were shown on Thursday. Um, We didn't see either of these, but I will kind of mention them anyway, because one of the films, I think, has been getting a lot of traction as well, and that's... I'm going to say Sisu. Sisu? Um... So And Smoking Causes Coffin. These were the two films that were shown on uh, Thursday, the 9th of March. Interesting. I think Smoking Causes Coffin is French because (laughs) the the title of it is like Fumer Fight Fumer Fight Fumer Fight Tossier. Is that it?
1: Yeah. After a devastating battle against a diabolical turtle, a team of five Avengers known as the Tobacco Force is sent on a mandatory retreat to strengthen their decaying group cohesion. Their sojourn goes wonderfully well until Lazadin, emperor of evil, decides to annihilate the planet Earth. I mean, in many ways, awards wide spend. It is fortunate that we uh, are not giving any this time because I'm guaranteed from this. Look at this synopsis. Look at this picture. (laughs) <laughs> the very fact that my last two Fright fest were won by French a French films. horror comedy. Yeah. I-, I think this is... This looks like an absolute all-timer. I'm so sad that we didn't get to catch this one because
0: absolutely into it.
1: Look at these little Ultraman outfits they got here.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. This is directed by Quentin Dupier, um, stars Giles Laloche, Vincent Lacoste, and de Mustier. Um, yeah, it's French. Released in twenty twenty two. If you get a chance, check it out. Um, I mean, I'm sure Andy will be watching it, regardless if it's a French film that's been screened at any Fright Fest event, because he's is bound to be in his wheelhouse.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I even lost your audio for a bit, Ben, but I can agree with it.
0: That's, I could have said anything then. The could have said, could have said literally anything, and you would agree with it. I would have say Andy's yeah. bloody slacking. <laughs> <laughs> If he He's agrees with
1: everything the worst person that you know has said and I would have, gone, I would have been coming back and said, yeah, but no. To be I think fair, this I don't think it matters like
0: anymore. You can say what you want. AI is like recreating people's voices now. You can say what you want. It doesn't matter. You're never going to get... so on AI, yeah. AI did that. fake. sorry. AI Blade did that. Um, so the other film that was shown on Thursday was Sisu. How is that spelled, Ben? S-I-S-U. So Jalmari Helender directed is the director? is a Finnish film, Um, so it's from the director of Rare Exports and Big Game. I'm pretty sure I've seen both of those. Is Big Game the one with Samuel Jackson? Samuel Jackson, President in the Woods. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen Rare Exports, seen Big Game. Both are pretty good, I'd say. A bloody World War Two action epic that pits one hard to hard to kill Finn against Nazi soldiers in Lapland. So there is a trailer out for this, which I think a lot of people were saying this trailer is amazing. This trailer is great. As I'm on the old uh trailer, I've gone cold turkey on trailers. Don't know if I'm not watching, watching them, not watching. I'll share them and say, here's, here's the trailer, you can watch it if you want. I'm merely but I, shan't. Eight, but I shan't. I'm don't shoot the messenger if you don't like look at a film. Um, so it's, yeah, so essentially, Sisu is like a, a mythic one man army, it, it's, it's like a a quintessential Finnish concept, apparently white knuckled courage and unimaginable determination in the face of overwhelming odds. So I'm imagining what we're we talking about—some some kind of John Wick scenario. Sounds like it. Sure Although, sounds like
1: it's a horror, it? it's a horror thing. So maybe there's some more we we don't see here.
0: Yeah, I think I think fright fest does quite heavily lean into like f- thrillers sometimes, doesn't it? Um. So yeah, that sounds. Good, and then we move on to Saturday, uh, Friday, tenth of March, and the first one that screened was hashtag Chad gets the axe, which me and Andy have both seen, so yes. we can we can we can talk about this movie, directed by Travis Bible, what a name, uh, starring Michael Benini, Spencer Harrison Levine, Tanisha Figueroa, it's an American film, released in twenty twenty two. This is the international premiere. Um. So yeah, I mean, this is. Off the back of things like dashcam, Deadstream, Unfriended, this is kind of like a uh, fine footage slash screen life horror movie. I mean, it's kind of got the exact same premise as Deadstream, right?
1: Yes, I think for me as a viewer, another example of something I really enjoyed because Deadstream was my top movie last year, right? Like it, it like there we was... go it was yeah. uh it was an absolute favorite um i at first, I think I was watching it thinking, okay, is this um is this going to be a film that's gonna suffer from comparisons with with deadstream mm-hmm. all the time am I going to yeah, am I gonna feel the same way about it and yeah, I think for some of those moments it was something I was thinking, oh, it's reminded me of a film I really enjoyed and am I like, comparing it to it? But I think it stands alone on its own merits. Um, and on a number of occasions, I kind of like it with the multiple dynamics of, of different people that are involved in it. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of time for the, for the format. It does some intelligent things. With it. I think they use some fun tricks with it as well maybe for me slightly less effective than Deadstream, but saying slightly less effective than Deadstream when that was my favourite film last year um, shouldn't be taken as a major criticism. I think it has some good moments in it.
0: I was kind of confused because I was like, it kind of spins on its head of who's supposed to be the lead, doesn't it? Yes. You're kind of with one guy for a while and then suddenly you're with another guy. I don't know how I felt about that. I was a bit like, maybe like one guy was being played for laughs, and you're kind of like, can't wait to see this guy die. And then he becomes the lead, essentially. Yeah. Uh, which is, for me, I was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I think if I hadn't seen Deadstream and I didn't know what Deadstream was, I probably would have appreciated this a lot more. Because I had seen Deadstream, it kind of just felt like I was sort of watching that. But the character, the main characters weren't written Half as well as perhaps the main character in Deadstream.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that's true. Certainly for my tastes, but I think it's an easy film to recommend. If you did enjoy Deadstream, if you're enjoying what's happening, um, with people experimenting with uh, you know, this type of screen movie, particularly looking at these types of personalities that you have, your people who are famous for streaming and the focuses that they have and the triggers that they have and the way that the technology works um i think there's some really good things to take from this um yeah maybe slightly suffering the fact that deadstream was so successful last year but um by and large i think there's some stuff to enjoy in this one if you enjoyed one you should enjoy the other
0: yeah yeah i think i'll agree with that if you if you enjoyed deadstream and you want more of that um then then by all means, I think if anything, it just shows that look the found footage genre is constantly evolving. Um, the found footage genre in horror, in particular, I mean, um, is constantly evolving, and for that, I think we should kind of be um, excited about it because I mean, it's still, that said,
1: like, found footage is going and it's evolving. Do these things? Do these screen movies? When do they stop being found footage and they become? their own thing because i guess is that is this found footage because this footage isn't found this is stuff that's been allegedly broadcast right live yeah so is this in the same genre as technically a ghost watch that was my other comparison actually is this like a like like a like you know is is this this, is this a us is this a us ghost watch
0: yeah um I mean, I guess it still is fine footage, isn't it? Because it's it's supposed to be that like this is really happening. Oh my god, they're still filming. Why are they still filming? Sort of thing. Yeah, true. Um, in terms of like scares, I mean, there are a couple. Um, I don't think there wasn't much gore, was there? Was there much gore? No, not particularly. Not particularly. It's quite, it's quite gore. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not too heavy. No. Okay. Um. So then, next up after that was another film that we haven't seen. It's called Irati. It's directed by Paul Urquijo Aligio. Great name. Uh, stars Adurn Azcarate. Another great name. and Nico uh, Ituño. It's a Spanish movie. It was released last year. This is its UK premiere. Um, so apparently, it's based on a graphic novel by J.R. Landa and J. Munoz. Munoz. Sorry, uh, Christian nobleman Aniko must fulfill the promise he made to his late father to protect and lead his people to a new era. To do so, he must recover his father's body, buried next to the Charlemagne's treasure. Is that how you say that word, Charlemagne? Despite his, despite his faith, he needs the help of his childhood friend, the pagan Irati. On this mythological and mad, mythological and magical mission, the two young men venture into a strange forest where everything has a name. Exists everything has a name exists. If <laughs> bloody hell, I'm going into this forest. What's in there? Uh, a car wash. That's got a name. That exists. Uh, that's in there. If you find it. Uh, what else? Well, do, ex- <laughs> do a better example. Do a better example of that. Um, the of Marshmallow Man. of Marshmallow Man definitely exists in there. Thought he's of got him a ne- to... Not only he's got a name, but think of him and it exists. Um, the BN biscuit, but like. Um, a bit a a an anamorphic version of that walking around. Ready yeah, to the Kool
1: Aid, the 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 big jug of Kool Aid man. The... yeah,
0: and as as I think we've we've asked before, the Honey is Monster, the, he's in there. Is the is the Kool Aid man? Is the jug his body or is the liquid inside the jug his body? The jug is his body. Yeah, and the liquid's just an added bonus. Just this film sounds. It's, it's, it's just his just as blood. It's delicious. I mean, this sounds like a sort of um. Fantasy, adventure, film, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Apparently it does contain strong violence, blood, gore, nudity, and threat. All now, your you faves. Can decide. All your faves. Which one of those would you say is your least favourite? Oh, threat. Threat, yeah, stressful, isn't it? Um, and, I, and just spell that for me again, so Irati. I-R-A-T-I. There it is. Yes, yes. Um, And then after that, Was screened a movie called Mother Superior, which uh, we both saw. Yeah, this is called Mother Superior Dweller of the Threshold. I think that may have been what it was previously called. I think it's only called Mother Superior now. Um, Directed by Marie Alice Wolfzane, stars Isabella Handler, Inga Manx, Jochen Nickel, Austrian movie. A person desperate for information about her biological family starts a new position as a nurse to the ageing, ill and eccentric Baroness Heidenreich. Are you ageing? I am pretty ageing. Are you ill? I am. And also eccentric. That's a triple threat. That's
1: that's a given. If I can afford to employ someone to look after me and I'm old and poorly, then you can guarantee I'm eccentric.
0: Yeah. So for a shared longing, binds them together, the old lady's memory contains a secret to Sigrun's true identity. So this is like set in the 70s. I feel like this could have been a movie which was set anywhere from... It could have been like uh, The Nun Times. Yeah, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Nun, Nun Times, time. back when Valak just was. Valak, well, back when Valak turned up. Um, but yeah, and when I realised it was the 70s I can't remember what it was, whether someone was smoking a tab? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. How did you How did you feel about this? Um, I enjoyed this one. Um... It's got like
1: uh, almost like a gothic mystery about it, um, in, in the house and the setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, like it's really hard to see the time period to begin with. It feels like it's set longer ago than it perhaps is. But I like the kind of creeping threat. Uh, mm-hmm. no spoilers, but I kind of like the the gut-punching reveals you get. Um
0: yeah, and there's good. You know, of as, bit-
1: as, as everything unfolds, I like the intrigue and the mystery, and there's some, like, especially for it's a language that I do not speak well, so I was definitely reliant on the subtitles. But I think yeah. delivered it, it, you know, really, really well, really maliciously throughout with some of the with some of the moments.
0: I like some of the reveals. I fa- it's a very short film. It's only like an hour and ten minutes. But yeah, it's very very I find, short. Find it quite slow in terms of the pacing. Like I, I kind of feels a bit more of like a character study than perhaps something that's supposed to be a straight up horror movie. And then it got to a point where I could kind of see where it was going to go. However, I think the the handling of that final occurrence slash reveal yeah. is done pretty well. And some um, of the
1: night terrors that happen in the in the run up to it, the, the bits overnight are quite again We're not gonna, we didn't have the cinema experience. I think this one would have been another effective one in a cinema,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. The oppressive,
1: quiet, depends what the cinema is in there. Someone's someone's got an old bag of individually wrapped sweets, maybe less so, but like you know,
0: is anyone doing that? Has anyone taken an old bag of individually wrapped Opal (laughs) opal fruits? Very nice. Um, so after Mother Superior, the main event of Saturday night, Friday night was Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. We'll save that to the end. Pensive did screen after that though, Pensive so this is directed by Jonas Trukanyas. so this is quite interesting because it's a Lithuanian movie and initially I I was trying to sort of pinpoint, I didn't guess Lithuanian for a second, I could kind of guess Eastern European, it's kind of like a Baltic States movie Um, so it's directed by Jonas Trukanyas, starring Sarunias Rapolas Miliasius Gabaja Bargaleate, I'm doing really well today. Marius Rapizes, sorry guys. Um, so this is like a Lithuanian slasher movie, right? And yeah, it's I definite Friday Thirteenth vibes. Friday mm-hmm. the Thirteenth, the game vibes. I was getting because mm-hmm. it kind of felt like you were like a group of survivors trying to like band together to to kind of avoid this this slasher. Um, I wouldn't say there's anything particularly that unique about the the killer however there were some nice visual cues with like these wooden wooden sculptures yeah around, they're really good like the folk horror elements as well and you know you've got all the classic characters lithuanian or not you've got jock characters goth characters people who are trying to have a bit of sexy time people who are not trying to have a bit of sexy time because it is a kind of just like a high school graduation party at a remote cottage Maybe like the first 10 10-15 minutes, I was like, "What the hell kind of film is this going to be?" And then yeah, I was of...
1: wondering, is it going to be a ghost? Is it going to be a slasher? What 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 is our threat going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I quite like this one as well. I found this one quite effective. And to be honest, some of the most brutal moments in this film are some of the interactions between characters. And again, say what Ben, I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. But the the main thing is. You would believe tell him to get out the boat, wouldn't you? But oh, fuck off then. Go on. <laughs> yeah,
0: fuck off out the boat. I like, I like this as well. Where it's like, there's again no spoilers, but somebody is basically told you're just too boring. Even a even a serial killer don't want to come near you because you're boring. You're just, Fucking you're up. an absolute. You're just a bore. You're just yabbering on, aren't you? And in, and in retaliation to that, somebody is told to get out of a boat, but like in the yeah. middle of a in the middle of a river. Get out of the boat. That's that's essentially like telling someone to get out of the car when you're on the motorway. You can't really do that unless, and you don't want to pull over on the whole hard hard shoulder. That's not what it's for. True
1: story. My wife has done that to her dad. He was giving her a lift <laughs> home. That like she was giving him a lift home rather in the dead of Fantastic. night. Fantastic. And he was uh, being a being a backseat driver. Going, you want to do that? Says, if you don't shut up, I'm going to pull over and you're going to get out and walk home.
0: So- this is wonderful.
1: Just pulled over. It's like, go on.
0: Oh wow! How far? How long was <laughs> it? How far home was it?
1: There's still miles. It's in the middle of the but <laughs> They sat. They stood in silence for a few minutes and left. Then he was silent for the rest of the way home.
0: There we go. Oh, so he didn't get out. Okay, it was just a fret. It's no, just a, a I'm through. I'm serious. But...
1: Get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this, and hopefully we're gonna catch up with Jonas and have a have a chat about the creation of the film. I'm really looking forward to catching up and talking about where they picked yeah. up the visual identity from because again um, very much having to own own the ignorance here I know next to nothing about Latvian folklore and you know Lith- Lithuanian. Lithuanian sorry um, Lithuanian folklore and um... sorry I'm,
0: I'm being a backseat podcaster now
1: no that's okay I'm <laughs> glad you glad you corrected me can't just Say the name, of the... tell you what, name the way to say fright fest <laughs> all episode, and then yeah. get a country wrong. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to understand more about Lithuanian folklore yeah. and what the visuals look like and where they've perhaps been drawn. This could um, potentially
0: be the first Lithuanian movie I've seen as well. I mean, I don't yeah, want to just—I I certainly can't think
1: of any other examples that I've seen that are overtly Lithuanian. So I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see more filmmakers from other locations. Mm-hmm. putting stories yeah, out and again you know there's some great stuff coming out of Europe like I loved the two Polish horror movies like No One No One Sleeps in the Wood Tonight the last couple of years mm-hmm. um. so yeah I'm all for this one I enjoyed it.
0: Awesome that's good it's pensive by the way pensive. Um, now we, we've got a few that we didn't manage to see however it may be some films that we're going to cover in the next few weeks because I, we've, been, we've been chatting to some of the filmmakers as well and even though we didn't manage to catch the films at Fright Fest, um, there should be a chance to chat to some of the filmmakers, so that could hopefully come alongside us seeing the see the movies. One of which is called Hunt Her, Kill Her. This was this is the Saturday. Now we're talking on um ah, yes, Fright Fest Saturday morning. Uh, directed by Ryan Thiessen and Greg Swinson, starring Natalie Terazino, J.C. Oakley the Third, and Larry Bunton, maybe a relation of Emma. Um, it's an American movie, uh, a taut, a taut, not taut, a taut, brutally intense thriller using space and time to deliver a constant level of suspenseful violence and plenty of surprises along the breathtaking way. I mean, that's not really the story, but Karen is a desperate young mother who has just filed divorce papers on her abusive husband, forced to take a job as a night shift janitor at a large furniture factory. Just told that the only one working at this time, but after seeing a strange vehicle idling in the parking lot, I hate idling. One of my pet peeves. Uh, Turn your engine off. Turn your engine off. Turn your lights off. You've been there for an hour. Uh, Finding the doors of the factory ajar. Karen gets the feeling she might not be alone after all. And based on the title, I'm assuming someone's going to be trying to hunt her and or kill her. Now,
1: is it going to be the husband? We have to find out.
0: There we go. Just filed divorce papers on her abusive husband. It's either going to be a... Abusive husband coming to kill her. Always hired someone. A hitman. Um, a hitman. Tim Lambesis star. That's two podcasts in a row that we have with uh, that we have name dropped. Tim Lambesis from As I Lay Dying, <laughs> the metal frontman who hired a hitman to kill his wife. That's two. I I I I put it to you that there is no one else, no other podcast in the history of the world that is name-dropped, unless it's a, a, an official As I Lay Dying podcast, has name-dropped that man twice in a row. But there we go. You've done it. <laughs> I've done it, finally. Right, Guinness um, Book I, of Records. We'll take the certificate, please. Digital's fine. We'll take it. So this is an interesting one as well, because Onyx the Fortuitous is somebody that I followed on TikTok for a while. Um, he's like a viral character. So director Andrew Bowser's viral character Onyx, so apparently he's got 300 million views online, a million TikTok followers, one of which is me. Um, <laughs> how can I describe him? He's kind of just like a bit of a dork, um, a bit of a dork, kind of like a steampunk enthusiast. That's how I describe him. You know, the kind of guy who's got like the goggles on his head and he's kind of just yeah. like, yeah, a bit of a dork slash nerd. Of just a character, so that's fine. Um, so yeah, Onyx the Fortuitous and a Talisman of Souls. If you're a viral character online, you can make a movie of that character. It would seem. Um, fledgling occultist Onyx attends a, attends a black magic ritual at his idol Bartok the Great's dark mansion. But terrible things begin to happen. And it soon becomes clear that Bartok's intentions are way more nefarious. As Marcus battles to keep his soul, Marcus is Onyx. Sorry. Um, a question of great destiny looms. Is he doomed to remain a nobody, or will he rise to defeat Bartok and save his fellow Satanist followers from damnation? I'm gonna say he's gonna rise. So now this is go- so this is obviously like a bit of a comedy horror movie. So directed by Andrew Bowser, starring Andrew Bowser, Jeffrey Wait, Jeffrey Coombs? Not the Jeffrey Coombs, is it?
1: I don't know what? <laughs> oh wait, it's got
0: Barbara Crampton as well. So it's got to be if it's is if Jeffrey Coombs it is, and Barbara Crampton is so, the very
1: same Jeffrey Coombs, the very and same, the very same Barbara Crampton.
0: So if you've got a viral TikTok character, you can make a movie and and involve two of your favorite re animator actors. It would seem. Um, yeah, I would like to. I would like to check this out based on the fact that I've always enjoyed his his TikTok videos. Initially, I was like. You know when there's a viral character and, and you just think it's kinda of like a real dude for a while. Um, I definitely thought that for a long time until now they've gone. Actually it's a character, here's a film. A character. Um, so he's very good at sort of playing this role. Maybe he's he's not changing much from his, his real personality. Who knows? But anyway, this could this could be cool. I think comedy horror. It's gotta be fun to to watch at Fright Fest. So if you saw it, I hope I hope you enjoyed it.
1: Comedy horrors well, have been My favorites for a little while, some of the ones I've enjoyed watching the most in recent years as well. So, looking forward to keeping this up. Almost asked you a very silly question when it came down to looking up this one to add to the watch list. I was like, you spell Onyx like the stone or Onyx like the Pokemon? It's probably like the stone in it and correct O N Y. Correct.
0: Is it the same? Is that not Onyx? No, Onyx Onyx
1: Pokemon with an I, not a Y. Oh, oh, bloody hell. For, Um, (laughs) for, For legal reasons.
0: So the next one, we didn't see this one, but I kind of wanted to because I've kind of heard good things about this. So Consecration, it had its international premiere, directed by Christopher Smith, starring Jenna Malone, Danny Houston, Jeanette Sussman. Uh It's a British film. And Grace is summoned to the Mount Saviour Convent deep in the Scottish Highlands. Close, closer to Andy than me. You mean um, deep in the Highlands? Oh, wait, closer to me right now. <laughs> closer to me. Yeah. I'm deep I'm deep in the highlands right now um following the mysterious death of her priest brother refusing to believe he committed suicide because he's a priest and determined to discover what really happened grace starts her own investigation as the nuns prepare a consecration ceremony to purify the holy site um you know what demons or ghosts plus religious stuff I'm all for it so this again just from based on some of the stills and the poster um i think jenna malone's great Houston houston's awesome as well um and you know i don't enough have seen jenna malone as as the lead in a movie what was the last thing i saw jenna malone in oh she was in Swallowed, wasn't she that which we covered on the last fright fest episode not the fright fest glasgow episode but last year's fright fest main event episode um that's interesting to, to the fact that she's been that's two frightfests in a row, but that doesn't happen very often with actors. Cool. I mean yeah. the poster looks poster looks great. You've kind of got like a snaky blood bloodstain on a on a crucifix and then some floaty nuns around it. All for it. Um and then the next movie that's screened is a movie we've seen. It's called Little Bone Lodge. Little uh, Bone I, Lodge. Little right. Bone Lodge. Little Little Bone Lodge. <laughs> Could you just say it? It's a little bone. Another film where I was like What's this set in the past or what? Is this is this yeah. set in the past? And so Gary on a blower. And I went, Oh, maybe actually it's set in present day. Um so Matthias Hoen is the director, stars, Jolie Richardson, horror alumni, horror um event horizon. 101 domestic. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the
1: devil uh, in it. Pretty cruel devil. devil in it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, Neil Limpo, Sadie Sovereaux is a British movie. Um, this is from the director of Cockneys vs. Zombies. Um, during a stormy night in the Scottish Highlands.
1: Yeah. What's going That's on That's
0: all about it, eh? Two criminal brothers on the run seek refuge in a desolate farmhouse. But after taking the resident family captive, they find the household's even darker secrets of its own. Um, oh, Colour Out of Space she was in as well. Now, this is... An interesting sort of little crime thriller i guess you would say more so in a horror movie um and it kind of goes in a couple of different directions there's a a reveal did i don't know if i necessarily saw this reveal coming as such and it kind of flips the whole film on its head doesn't it yes um which i think it does pretty well i think most of the performances are good um Again, like you have to suspend your disbelief in in a, few, in a on a few occasions, especially when the old bills start getting involved. Yeah. Um, but still, I think it's a it achieves what it sets out to do. I believe, and there's a lot of like, oh, I can't believe that just happened. Oh my god! But still, I think yeah. it's it's a- executed pretty well.
1: I think this is oh. I know we didn't see too many, but certainly the ones I've seen, I think it might be my one of my top runners from the from the first lot of the festival at the minute. Um, yeah, I think one of those that you know we spoke about it when we talked about M Night's latest offerings recently. I think this film has an excellent first watch potential when you're going through it for that first time because seeing those reveals come through in the in the. Mm-hmm. And as the narrative is flipped and changed and who you are following and who you're interested in succeeding in what's going on with them, flips on multiple occasions, I found. Um, even when even when a lot of things are already in play, it still changes right up until the very end. Um, really, really interesting character work, like intensely creepy in several moments um and like with each reveal it's almost dreading what they're going to uncover Mm -hmm. um yeah it's uh i think this is quite effective quite well done
0: yeah i think of all the of all the films we saw i think in terms of like if we were going to nominate anything for like the best film or like the of, of what we saw at least or the best performances i think this is probably up there i would say um Okay, just got a couple more to cover before we jump into Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. There's a movie called Here for Blood, which screened after this, directed by Daniel Torres, uh could be Torres. Star Sean Roberts, Joel Farrow, and D. Snyder. Is that D. Snyder of Twisted Sister Fame? Gotta be. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Uh, so it's a Canadian movie. It's like a so it's described here. This was an international premiere, described as a tongue-in-cheek, extreme plat extreme splatter. Not extreme platter, which I nearly said then, which would be, sounds delicious. Um, yeah, I, extreme I imagine, platter,
1: got three types of cheese on there, two types of grapes.
0: It's got everything on there, yeah. Campy comedy horror film, shocker of the year. When his girlfriend is swamped with college exams, Tom O'Bannon, a rowdy pro wrestler <laughs> struggling to make ends meet. Are you a pro wrestler? Yeah, I am. Are you rowdy? Of course. Agrees to fill in as a last minute replacement for her well paying babysitting job. Why is this? Baby job so well paying. Is the kid possibly a monster? I don't know.
1: Buddy wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> t- t- Tom,
0: Tom arrives. We've already talked about German suplex in an old lady. Maybe a little child gets German suplexed in this film. Um, and he arrives at an isolated family home where he meets the precocious ten-year-old Grace. What starts off as a quiet night uh, quickly spirals into bloody, violent, demonic chaos as Tom and Grace find themselves fighting for their lives. When an otherworldly cult of masked intruders descend onto the home. So, like, yeah. So, like a home evasion movie with a pro wrestler. Um, Here for Blood is called. I'm sure, I am sure this is this is a good time. I'll yeah. I'll be def- I'll be definitely there. This will go. be in my uh watching future as well. And then finally, finally, after that, um, before we jump into the main event. Thirteen Exorcisms. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot of exorcisms. Yeah. Um, didn't we work out who did we work? What did we watch recently where we worked out someone claimed to have done a load of exorcisms? <laughs> it's the the
1: most prolific exorcist in the whole world. It's the the Pope's Exorcist, the upcoming movie.
0: Yeah, that's it. The most prolific exorcist, or I think we worked out, did about 15 exorcisms a day. He was chain yeah. chaining exorcisms. So essentially 13 exorcisms is like just a, a quiet day for that guy. Um so it's directed by Jake uh, Jacobo Martinez starring Maria Romanillos Ruf Diaz Silva Lopez it's a Spanish movie this is international this was its international premiere um so shy sensitive teenager Laura is tricked into taking part in a Halloween séance to convince to contact the spirit of a mad doctor who murdered his family mad as in nuts or mad as in girl
1: <laughs> you have to be pretty cross to do it too.
0: From that night on, Laura's life is forever changed. Dark presences, terrifying visions, ominous voices, painful marks on her skin, and other paranormal phenomena haunt her. So, then they call the priest, who says she comes. Guess, guess what? She's possessed. Classic. Kind She's of possession, more than one It's going take... to <laughs> it's gonna take more than a dozen. A book is. It's basically like getting a tattoo lasered off. Where they go look. We we'll laser it off, but it's gone isn't it. No, I can still see it. Thirteen more sessions. Thirteen, it's agony. <laughs>
1: well, you got to book in several, like your driving yeah. lessons. Now they are going to be this much if you get them just one at a time. Oh, if you no, want to I buy like that. a block booking,
0: I hate that because then you get locked into like learning to drive for five hours in an evening, and then by hour two you're like falling asleep at the wheel. Never good. Don't want to do this <laughs> anymore. Please. Please, I'll just don't. never drive. If you just parallel park here, then you can get on with it. Oh, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was that was that. And I guess, yeah, the film we're going to discuss now, the main event is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. As I mentioned at the t- at the start of the show, I did recently interview the star of this film, Amber Doig Thorne. So if you want to go and check that out, we'll probably cover like some similar stuff to what we discussed about like the concept of the film, how it came about, um, how it was what the filming of it was like and yeah because it's a slightly confusing concept i guess i mean it's, it's obvious on the surface what it is it's winnie the pooh but horror but i i had a lot of questions and amber did answer them for me i will kind of fill fill in the blanks while we're talking about this um but it's out now in cinemas i believe it it was its uk premiere at fright fest uk and... premiere at fright
1: fest and it's now available in in cinemas various yeah. cinemas around the country. Have a look for your local listings.
0: Exactly, yeah. So it is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, 2023 British independent slasher film written, directed and produced by Reese Frake-Waterfield. It serves as a horror retelling of A.A. A. Milne and E.H. Shepard's Winnie the Pooh books. And it stars Craig David Dossett, Dowsett as Winnie the Pooh, Chris Cordell's Piglet, and obviously I've already mentioned her, Amber Dog Thorne. Uh, Nikolai Leon, Mariah Taylor um, and it follows Pooh and Piglet who have now become feral and bloodthirsty murderers as they terrorise a young a group of young university women. Is this in the UK or the US? Don't think anyone knows. And Primarily an adult...
1: in the UK apart from
0: one petrol station owner. Hey there. Oh my god. What are you doing here in the backwoods? Hang on a minute. This is, this is um, sorry. <laughs> it's what the Forrester Dean, mate. It's the Forrester Dean, what are you doing here? Um and they terrorize a group of young university women and adult Christopher Robin when he returns to the hundred acre wood many years after leaving for college. Uh yeah, and I guess we we'll, for this one we will go a little bit more into the plot. Um budget 100000 pounds Andy. I think that's something we need to keep in mind. Box apparently it's made four point one million. Yeah, in the box office, and this I think that was that might
1: be from its U.S. release. So it, hopefully, for the sake of independent cinema, has made still more at this Wait, so point. And you- I think it's primarily because it's a huge curiosity, right? Like I think it's as opportunities go, you have these characters enter the public domain, and you can produce something with it, which allows you to have a freedom of expression of what happens with these things and i think whether people agree with it or disagree with it you kind of have to see
0: it yeah i mean we've mentioned it a couple of times on the show um i think when it was announced and when there was a trailer and i think for a certain type of horror fan this is going to be incredibly exciting because it's like you know plenty of people out there who enjoy now Amber did mention that this isn't based on the Disney characters one Winnie the Pooh in his little red t-shirt with his with his with his R-S-S-E constantly which is a common theme in Disney film and Disney characters it seems Donald Duck I'll mention another one um I just guess by and large the <laughs>
1: characterization you get of those char- of the of the characters as well so I've not read certainly up for a long time the original Winnie the Pooh book so I don't know if he says any of his catchphrases I think that Tigger is a later thing possibly tied with the Disney thing as well We're which is t- why Tigger he's
0: absolutely off his nut
1: he'd be bonkers wouldn't he uh,
0: in fact if they just like released a tiger into this film I think it probably would be a good time uh, <laughs> so yeah I mean from, from seeing the original trailer and like here in the original thing i was just a bit like i don't think i i hid my um disinterest in it if you can hide disinterest i was a bit like that does not sound like my cup of tea at all and for watching the trailer again cold turkey on trailers but usually on films that i definitely want to see with this i wasn't particularly bothered so i watched the trailer and i was a bit like don't get it um it kind of just looks like a it looks like an idea for a short film, but then they've gone, look, we're going to throw, throw a bit more money at it and make it into a feature. It's kind of confusing because I think initially it looks just like some killers with with Winnie the Pooh and Piglet masks on. Amber did kind of mention to us that they're amf- anthropomorphic. I always struggle with that word. Yeah. Um, creatures. So they're not human beings in masks. They are kind of like...
1: they are. Version- they are creatures with human qualities, right?
0: Creatures with human qualities, but I think that just confuses things. and so I think if you're just like a general movie goer, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't think it expressively says that. I mean, sure, we're reading, we're looking into the film, we're doing a bit of research, we're reading into the movie, so we find out that anthropomorphic. I'm going to say 90% of people who watch this are just going to think they're people in masks.
1: Yeah, I, I think there are limitations that the budget they've had does drive. Like, I think it's going to cost you a lot more to take out those human qualities of them the masks the you know the masks create the faces of those things but there are human elements that you can't disguise with the budget you have so i think going into it you kind of have to be able to suspend that disbelief and take the film kind of on its own terms what it's trying to create
0: yeah yeah i think
1: for me my yeah. biggest challenge has had since i watched that film or heard about it i've had like the and I was old for it to be on, but I remember because I have a younger sister, the, that being on and just picking up the tune, I've had like Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh Bear in my head all the time.
0: It's very hard go, to think. Since so you sent me that link? I didn't. I to yeah, look at it, and it is a banger, right? Absolute banger. Winnie poo the Pooh Bear, wherever you go.
1: <laughs> oh, would you take me? What a time!
0: Wasn't there something about chasing some bees or something. Chasing Not some honeybees. Bees. I... Chasing some honeybees.
1: You see, um, I, I think there, there are there are some things that, like I, uh, you know, I think it should be celebrated as a different take on a classic. And actually, looking at clawing, you know, classic bits of of literature away from otherwise it being, well, no, this is a Disney thing forever because that's what's used it more recently. I, I think it should be applauded in that sense. Does it have opportunities? It's been made with the budget that it has, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. And then, if I was going to offer any notes, I would say, from a critical perspective, I think you could have come up with a. There, I think there are opportunities to come up with a different contrivance as to why they've become. They become yeah, because essentially, corrupted the, or become essentially bad the, or... the
0: reasoning for Winnie the Pooh and Piglet being like murderous is because Christopher Robin grew up, went to, I don't know, grew up, went Medical to college, school. stopped visiting, and apparently stopped feeding them. And I thought, was that ever an agreement? I mean, I've not read the AM. I probably have read some Milne books years and years ago, but I don't remember. Was Christopher Robin um, exclusively feeding them was, I thought, I, I thought they kind of had it locked down in a hundred acre wood and Christopher Robin just came to visit and was like their mate. um And the fact that they've gone crazy and rabid from him not visiting just strikes me as like, I think I mentioned this with Amber, you know, when you, if you live in a small town and you like leave, go to college, university, and you come back and everyone who hasn't left that small town is like angry at you. Well, so you went to university, did you? What did you study? Oh yeah. Give it a rest. Oh, I'm not interested. It's what? <laughs> they can't be happy for you not saying this has happened to me, it hasn't however, <laughs> I, I understand these scenarios yeah
1: I, I would have liked um you know, maybe maybe something along the lines of tie Christopher Robin into it but that he has rejected society and has moulded these make him the villain make him the yeah. villain of the piece like Christopher Robin a human man has turned turned bad and it feels and yeah. corrupted these animals, which maybe are uh, a construction of his imagination made real by the enchantments of the hundred hundred acre wood
0: yeah, I like it already uh, that's that's Andy. top
1: of the dome, but that's top you of know the dome. i think you can i think you can do something like I think you could do something like that that would hit the you know, that would for yeah, personal taste it would have it would have hit the spot for me a little bit rather than. A bit of exposition that says, Oh, without food they went without without food they went mad and now they're they're wrong now. Um but yeah yeah, take it take it as what it is. Take it as a, a popcorn horror movie and you you're placing some quickly arrived like college AIDS kids, university kids, they've come on holiday and they get slashed in an increasingly gory number of ways. It's the same school of filmmaking as and we'll call this as a recommendation. Um, we've neglected to do recommendations for some others, but we'll go back at the end. But I'd say you're into Terrifier and things like that, where, again, my criticism of Terrifier isn't yeah. that it, that is not that it's you know incredibly well-constructed uh, and incredibly focused on those core effects, but possibly a little less focused on there being a cohesive or a really meaningful... Story, I think the, the 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 truth of it is there as well, but it's a good showcase of let's have some fun slasher kills.
0: Yeah, and I mean, some of the gore effects are pretty good. I think in terms of, uh, I mean it does it does get into sort of predictable territory and a bit cliched and formulaic territory with the terms of the of these girls being picked off one by one, but all all. A com- like decent scream queens i would say uh is queens a bit <laughs> i don't know you know you know what i mean in terms of like g- good victims for it yeah. is believable that they're in peril um i think that the, the soundtrack was surprisingly good it had a sort of almost um yeah like a sort of fairy tale magical uh, nursery yeah. rhyme quality to it while also being Full of dread and, and, and especially during the action sequences it was it was great um, but yeah I just think in terms of like the plot it kind of felt too loose to start with I think as like a it feels like the kind of idea that you would put on a table when you're like brainstorming what a Winnie the Pooh horror movie could be but then you perhaps would flesh it out a bit more. It feels like they'd kind of just run with this idea. And yeah. I don't know. For me, it doesn't. The fact that they've obviously, in the in the intro as well, they kind of have this animated sequence, which shows how everything came to be. The fact that they've already killed off Eeyore. Uh, they mentioned Rabbit and Owl. Um, They went into extreme starvation, killed and ate Eeyore. And the whole group was traumatised yeah. um, and developed a hatred for humanity. And I guess they'd just been chilling in Hundred Acre Wood until Wait Christopher in. Robert decides to come back with his wife. Um, yeah, with his wife. And it says, this is the thing, right? Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, they're all such well-loved characters. For us to just believe, and I know they're not the Disney versions, but for us to just believe that these characters have gone feral... <laughs> <laughs> and are now willing to like bludgeon people to death and run over their heads and murder for the sake of murdering. I don't know if I was entirely convinced. I think I mean I appreciate this trying to do something that's slightly different than just putting men in masks and saying But they still do look like masks, don't they? That's the thing. They do look like masks. So especially with the close ups. Um you know you never once think that's a bloody big yellow bear. Big yellow scary ants. Uh, but yeah, and it's kind of it is just like once it gets going, characters just start getting picked off one by one, um, in in various ways, and it seems like they're toying with Christopher Robin as well. Um, just feels like one of those hopeless sort of slasher films, and I guess both Pooh and Piglet have got a bit of the Michael Myers about them because they don't talk, they move slowly for the most part, yeah. um, they seem kind of unkillable.
1: I think that's that's a problem I have with a with a Michael Myers as much as anything else, that I don't want you to just be all like oh, you, again, pick this up with Terrifier, Terrifier too. I want there to be some contrivance of escape that the killer has had. You don't want to be like, ah, but you see, evil's inevitable and they're they're invincible yeah. actually. So like it's. It's one of those things, I, I'd like there to be a oh I took my eye off him for a second and he's weaseled away or like he wasn't yeah. trapped or I didn't smash him with the car I just missed him or you know something along those lines. I don't want my horror villains mm. to be uh, you know seen to be smashed but then just seen to be, be okay. Smashed. Just be like oh okay actually turns out I'm fine. Cause...
0: but this is the thing obviously it borrows heavily from a lot a lot of slash a lot of slasher films um and i don't know if it does anything original in terms of the genre now you could say it is original because it takes famous hits characters and makes them that but I don't know I feel like it could have been creepier if Winnie the Pooh was talking like Winnie the Pooh if yeah. Piglet was like a little baby boy and <laughs> give something it, yeah give it, give it give it to it give it some Jack Frost energy, give it like a little, like I
1: personally, again, and you know, there's a lot of people I hear audiences have responded to it very well and have received it very well. Uh, in a lot of these premieres. So that that's great. I'm really, really glad. I think you can take it as just a bit of like a silly showcase of some, of some slasher moments. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very hard thing without the budget to make it like this, to make it, visually without the violence that they're undertaking make the characters visually scary just to look at um because it's a nice yellow bear and a little pig um but i'm glad they tried i'm glad they have put together something with this but you're right again for me i would have had as far as legally available i would have leaned into some of the things with your Oh, you, do you want to take another run at your, with your Winnie the Pooh I bother then?
0: Oh God, I hate it because it always seems to come out of nowhere where I've, no, i don't think about. It. Um, oh, barber, <laughs> oh, bar- it's, it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more like defeated than that. It's, it's a got little, like a, oh, it, oh, I can't
1: describe it. It's got like it's not a wheeze, but there's something in the voice that you yeah, that it's hard to. Kind of creepy. To replicate, yeah, it's got a bit of a oh bother, the F- factor about it. I, yeah. I think a friend of the show, Danny Taylor, and I have played a long game of reimagining Winnie the Pooh as the Jigsaw Killer. Okay, um, and he like just doing his tapes, and he sounds a little something of this. Hello, Piglet. <laughs> I'd like to play a game. <laughs> That's <it. laughs>
0: uh, Yeah. <laughs> But, Fuck yeah, you, exactly. Picklet. Fuck you, Piglet. <laughs> Eat shit, Piglet. Um, um yeah, like yeah, I, uh, I think any a different premise hundred percent I could have been on board with. I just feel like slashers are difficult to do at the best of times. For example, we saw a slasher at this festival called Pensive. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, the pensive yeah. one, yeah. Which is like here's the thing, even though this is an original slasher with original characters, I think if you're going to hit a lot of the same beats as most slashers do and you haven't got like an iconic killer like a like a michael myers um or anything like that really or now of course a um art the clown if you haven't got that and the characters are a bit i guess like a bit dull in a way i think you really do it you really will struggle to to sort of make anything of it um, and the kills aren't necessarily like unique to these characters either. They are just like bludgeoning people to death, stabbing them in the mouth, stabbing them in the head. No one's getting like drowned in honey. That doesn't happen, does it? No, there is some honey that gets slathered about the yeah. place. Slathered, yeah, exactly. He does love honey. He? Yeah. Um... yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, like,
0: this is the thing you don't want to whack as to be... a honey
1: pot on. Whack as a honey pot on someone said use your use your pig tusks. To... i just yeah. think in, gen-
0: yeah. in general i think as horror fans we've obviously seen a lot of horror films we've seen a lot of slasher films we've seen a lot of low budget um films as well um we've not completed horror but we're pretty close to it uh i think one when, when something like this it is formulaic and does seem to lean heavily into other films without kind of like i i kind of get it but at the same time, I just don't think it's... It will appeal to a certain bre- a certain type of horror fan. It will. um, and a, and a certain type of horror fan will probably say it's good. I think just coming from our standpoint, coming from a critical standpoint, where we're trying to kind of be... We're kind of trying to make sense of it all. I don't think it achieves much. And I think it, I think Amber did also say that a sequel's been confirmed. So it's interesting to yeah. see where they would go been confirmed,
1: Like, you know, you, you've not brought... It's interesting because obviously we don't know what's happened with Rabbit and Owl they're not they're not mentioned
0: no exactly
1: but then again if you've used your iconic two in pooh and piglet um it's it's interesting and I know they've said that the the second one is going to have a bigger budget and is going to go harder on the harder on the gore and things like that. Like I
0: I don't know if that's what it needs. Yeah,
1: I, I, I applaud them. I you know, I think I applaud any independent horror filmmaker in making these things. Um I think you can you can spice up the writing and I know you have to be incredibly careful. We mentioned things that like the voices, those voices probably do fall into the things that are Disney creations and you can't use. So you'd have to do something different. But I think you could do something which brings more of these characters to the forefront while treading that line and and pull something off. But I think the main takeaway of this one is that (laughs) if you're a serious man or woman or anything else for for a serious time, then maybe this isn't going to be for you. (laughs) If you are... Likewise, it's not overtly uh, a horror comedy. Like, it, it, you may find some humor in the situation, but it is not played for laughs. It's played quite seriously and pretty it's straight. It's played
0: quite seriously, and it's got, it is a bit like, um, there's some random like bits of nudity as well, which I was a bit like.
1: Yeah, Paul gets D shirted before she gets wood chipped. Um, D shirt, before know, she gets wood
0: it's... chipped. Obviously, someone's in a bikini as well. I don't know if this is the best representation of, I mean, it feels B movie. Schlocky, um, and kind of, yeah, bad yeah. temp, not bad yeah. tempered. What well, you've said it before? How do, you, how do you describe that? Like it's, I think you described something before as being sort of like, it's just not pleasant. I guess is that is, if that makes yeah. sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, like it's 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 got that, it's got that vibe to it. The you know the almost explicit. It's not to say it has like a trauma vibe to it would indicate because chroma is very heavily played for the really extreme situations and the laughs and you know i would have loved to see what they've done with this under a under a trauma studio banner or something similar um, yeah for me i would like it to be dialed in one way or the other in more ways so either come up with like a you know, really dive into the script and use that theming, or make it overtly that it's meant to be quite funny as well. Um, but you know what? Fair to play to the people that are that are making it. They an opportunity came up and they have seized it. And I yeah. will absolutely turn up to see what they do, mm-hmm. what they do next. And I'm glad I managed to go out and and catch uh, this.
0: So what they're seeing next, what they're doing next, is apparently there's Bambi and Peter Pan. So. I don't know if it's exclusively just gone for 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 Disney stuff that's coming to the public domain. Obviously, the Disney stuff was based on stuff that existed already before. Um, Peter Pan could be pretty good, you know, because uh, he's it's a bit suspect. He's hanging around a lot of kids all the time. Oh. He didn't grow up.
1: Tell you what, Ben, look out for. I've uh, just recorded time of time of recording. I've just recorded a promo for. An upcoming theme with the other stories. Watch this space for a story about that actually.
0: Hell yes. That's very, very exciting. Um and then obviously Bambi as well. Whatever is done with that. Bambi Bambi goes on a rampage. That'd be more difficult to do, right? Than a, than a Winnie the Pooh or Piglet thing. Because CGI Bambi or maybe someone in a deer mask. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Um yeah just just a deer. But um yeah you know what fair play to these guys. Pull out out this stuff because the very fact that these things have come into public domain you want to see people successfully do it because then more people can do it It doesn't have to be horror it could be you know um stories in the original genre it can be side stories to these things let's see people take some classic IPs and make things with them um yeah I think my recommendation will be like if this is the thing you like, if you can, if you want to go in and just look at some create, you know, some, some kills, some creative mm-hmm. work and look at it for the curiosity that it is, then I think you'll get something out of this.
0: Yeah. Good point. Okay. But don't, um, but,
1: don't but don't go in th- thinking this is all going to make perfect sense. And it's all going to balance out. And, you know, yeah, I'm seeing something which I've never seen to make- before.
0: When you try and make sense of it, I think you do start to it does does kind of start to fall apart. So yeah, don't do that. You can't make um, sense of everything in this world. No. Um, so we're not going to be rating the films as such, um, or or doing the award stuff because we, as I said, we've only seen a handful of the movies at Frightfest Glasgow, but we will be seeking out to watch the rest of the films that we kind of discussed and hopefully having some more interviews and discussions with filmmakers coming up um in the next couple of weeks. So I mean I guess that's kind of it, Andy. This it feels a bit strange because it's not a standard a standard sort of um episode for us. It feels a bit like we're missing something. I feel like I've left the house and uh I've got something missing. A keys, wallet, phone. Forget something. What
1: are you missing? Um Um I could do you uh, do you around the name game if you like.
0: Can you? What? Off the top of the no- top of the gnome? Top of the dome? Uh, yeah, what I'll, do, I'll do a
1: couple of really quick ones. So, um, <laughs> which festival is the wood-eating insect heart of of cinema?
0: Wood-eating... What? Ter- termite Fest. Termite has Fest, has very go. good. Termite That's Fest, Glasgow. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> another one real quick. Um
0: Uh I thought you were going to do Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey one.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I'll give me a second. I'll difficult. work out a Blood and Honey one. Um, so um, the second one is. It is the um, highest one of the highest royal honors uh, hearts of uh, I don't know stuff uh, like of, of cinema. Paul McCartney's
0: there. Um, oh, night fest, yes, night fest. I like it. Have all the knights knight, got the knights, of the, right? You got a knights of the round table, right? You got the you got a knight's tail with uh, what's this flavor, Heath Ledger? Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, you've also got Paul McCartney, another famous knight, but I got it from that, so it must have been a good clue. <laughs> <laughs> I've
1: been trying to work out a um, I've been trying to work out things I could do for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, but realizes. That it's a bit like because blood is a lot like Mona Lisa from the Blood Moon, all of my rhymes are exactly the same.
0: Yeah, no, you can't do that. That's all right. Well, knock it, let's knock it on the head. Let's save them all for next week. Um, so yeah, as, as obviously we mentioned already, we were doing Scream Six or what did you call it? Five Six Scream Six Six Scream. Um, so Scream
1: Six. Although the, the last two letters of the things, so it would be 6.
0: Scream Scream six, scream it works as Scream six. But I can't fault it at all, yep. and I won't. And I won't fault it. So, yeah, we, we'll be discussing Scream six next week. Obviously, it's out in cinemas now, so go and check it out before you listen to our episode. We've given everyone a little extra bit of time to go and check it out. Usually, we're, we're reviewing new releases the week of a little, little bit of a week, a week break um, for everybody to go and all this travel, so, you know, with all this travel, exactly. Um, but thanks very much. For listening, everybody, and thanks for joining me live from live from Paris, France, Mister Andy Monsieur Andy Conduit Turner. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed the ben. show, if you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at Patreon.com forward slash Horror Hangout. Thanks to current patrons including John Crin and Ben Scafe, Stephen Christopher, Laura Kendrick, Toby Miller, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Leslie Carla, Julia Bilgren, Nick Spill, Troy Bush, Pazuzu, and Rosalind Harnias. Thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review, and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok, Horror Hangout Podcast on all of those platforms. And yeah, next week Scream 6. So thanks very much Andy for being a French horror dude. Merci beaucoup Michel ben Uh
1: Merci beaucoup everybody. Mes <laughs>
0: wow i can't believe it and we are an in i think we've, we we um are an international podcast we have guests international guests um so i'm glad to finally have somebody from france
1: dialing um, in i mean i almost made that call from la that time but then it turned out i had a terrible headache from being jet-lagged so i'll leave you and john <laughs> to it for ghost watch
0: i feel like i'd love to have had you on the show with a terrible headache and jet lag oh, so sick we went <laughs> and laid down, down for asleep.
1: several hours so they could then go and start work i was like yeah, maybe I've overdone it. Um, and also, tell you what, desert ever so dry. Need lots of water. That's another story for another time. That's another story revoir, for another. Au revoir, everybody.
0: Time. See you later, everyone. Bye Thanks way. for joining us. Uh all the best now. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Right flessed.